Welcome to the Young Professionals Shorts, or as you may hear us call it, YP Shorts, where we explore the journeys of successful young professionals from a range of industries. In this special series, we bring you an in-depth interview with our guests who have achieved remarkable success in their career. To make the most of the insights and experiences that our guest has to offer, we've decided to break these interviews down into a short series of episodes. Each episode will focus on a different aspect of their story, giving you a chance to absorb all the information and truly understand what it takes to thrive as a young professional in Lancaster County. We highly recommend listening to these episodes in chronological order as they build on each other to give you a comprehensive view of our guest journey. From their early experiences to their most recent successes, you'll gain valuable knowledge and practical tips that can help you take your own career to the next level. So whether you're a young professional just starting out or a seasoned veteran looking to stay ahead of the curve, this series of the YP Shorts is for you. Tune in, listen, and learn from the inspiring stories of our guests, one episode at a time. Let's dive in. I want to say you are involved in a million things. You travel to check in, touch base with your artisans. You travel for fun. You also are hosting workshops. You're running your business. How do you manage burnout? You know what? In the beginning of my journey, I would get burned out a lot because I would not give myself space and time to just take a moment. Now, how I manage it is by knowing, okay, I work these many hours and I'm going to be doing this much. I know that I need a break. Like I physically will take a break for either like a day, whether it's to get away, whether it's just like be in my home and just like do nothing but watch TV or read a book. I will do that. And even that like 24 hours to 48 hours, I feel so much more relaxed. Like I come back and I'm like, okay, let's go to the next thing. And that's what I brought up last time is like, you need to take breaks. You need to. I believe in working really hard and being resilient and pushing, but everyone needs a break. Like you physically do. And so take those breaks. Like I'm learning that myself. And it's funny because like in other cultures are like, oh, yeah, I take a break to Italy for two days, you know, when you're in Europe or, you know, in India, we just go to like our hometowns or the smaller towns. America doesn't do that. The American culture, there's no breaks. And that is something I hope changes because people need breaks for our mental health. And if there's anything that's so important is our mental health really is important to focus on. We focus on working out and taking care of our heart, taking care of our lungs and you know, but what about our mind? And so that was really hard for me in the beginning, but now I'm learning the balance. And there will be times where I'll just say, okay, you know what? I'm only going to work till four and then I'm taking the rest of the day off. And unless it's an emergency, like don't call me and my staff gets it. But yeah, it's also knowing your boundaries. You have to know your boundaries. I used to get phone calls from my staff in India, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, and I would pick up and I would have these conversations. Like, I don't even know how I function at that time, honestly, Ashley. Like, how do you have business conversations when you like are laying in bed and trying to figure it out? But I had to tell him like, this is the time you can call me till. And then when I wake up, you have two hours and they got it. But it was me being vocal about it. And as women, we do not give ourselves boundaries. I think it's just a way that we were raised, you know, be a mom, be a wife, you know, do business, do your be careers, available. be available, you know, bake those cookies. Do all the things. <laughs> yes. So I think that's harder for us to do, but I think it's important that we do it and make the change. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think socialization plays a huge role in, in how people can respond to that. And even 
for businesses and organizations diving in to look at, okay, they might be saying, well, we offer PTO, but either people don't take it or people work during their PTO. And is that a necessity? Are you truly giving people the space and the resources that they need in order to feel like they can unplug? Sometimes it's choice of the employee to work and that is fine. I personally do tend to work sometimes just because it lowers my anxiety levels and I know that I'm coming back in a way that feels healthy. But I also think that there are times that I look at my peers and my network and I see people who truly feel like they cannot unplug. The desire is there, the PTO is there, the policies in place, but no one is really able to step in and pick up the pieces that they are leaving behind during that break. And so I think that's just an important place for businesses and organizations to evaluate and say, we have the policy, we want this for our people. We want them to be healthy. We want to give them mental health days. But are we actually functioning culturally in a way that creates that space? I think that's just really important. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, about women and specifically managing burnout, maybe at a higher rate than men in our community. And I think imposter syndrome often shows up in the conversation around women too, women as entrepreneurs, women as leaders, women as employees. How would you define imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think imposter syndrome to me is the definition of when I feel like I am not good enough to be in, whether it's in that realm, whether it's in that place at the table, like, do I have something to offer that will be able to be understood and appreciated and that's good enough to be at the table? That's kind of where I feel like it. I think like when I started my business, I had major imposter syndrome. And I think why looking back is because I obviously it was an Indian descent and everything was made in India. And so I didn't know whether I should be representing the Indian culture because did I completely understand it or was that something that I did not completely understand or was I more American and was I an even American designer? Did I understand it? And so it was really hard for me in the beginning when I started my entrepreneurship journey. And I was so quiet and I did not speak up for myself. And, you know, whatever happened, I was just this timid and shy girl that was like, okay, whatever you say, I'll be okay with. But looking back, like I had everything that allowed me to be there and I had something to offer and I should not have been worried and scared about that. I look at my first collection and I was like, girl, what were you thinking? Like, what was going on in your head? You know, I was trying to fit into this box because I thought that was the box I needed to be in because I couldn't be in a bigger box. And yeah, it's so funny looking back. I'm like, man, I definitely felt like I had imposter syndrome. It resonates with me so much. But then I look at you and I'm like, you're so vibrant and confident and you show up acting like you belong in all the spaces because you do belong in all the spaces. So I acknowledge that's your feeling. I see you showing up so well. What strategies would you say other young professionals can adopt to show up in the same way that you do so vibrantly and confidently? Oh, man, I think my biggest thing are friendships, like make friends, you know, or even just be close to your peers. I think we're not going to find everyone that's exactly the same as us. And there's people are going to have different thoughts and different ways that they view the world. But You can be friends with them. And I think that's so important. Or just reach out to people that are different from you. I feel like I've learned more because I put myself in places where I'm like, well, I guess I'm the only person here like me, but I'm going to reach out to other people and learn 
And the more I learn, I'm like, man, like that person is pretty cool. But yeah, I think you need to start reaching out to your peers or the people in your same workspace that you are in and make friends with them, learn from them and you tell them who you are and I'm sure they will love it. I mean, why wouldn't they love someone like you? That was hard for me to understand. It was really hard for me to understand. And I can look back now and, you know, when I was in school, there was a lot of bullying going around that people did not talk about. And so I think for a long time, I carried that, which then morphed into this imposter syndrome because of the bullying. And now looking back, I like, I'm like, man, you guys really missed out like from a cool person like me. But it took a lot for me to get to that point. And so if you guys ever feel that way, or if you've felt with the same emotions or feelings or circumstances that I did, just know that going out in the world again and trying it again and making friends, well, it'll be different this time. You mentioned the word belonging, and I know that carries a lot of weight and a lot of different conversations around belonging. And I'm curious because specifically in the context, I mean, Lancaster itself is very diverse. We have immigrants, refugees. We have people who came on the first ship over and then settled here. We have the Amish. So, so many cultures, so many great people living in Lancaster. But I'm sure many feel the same way who are straddling what you've described of, I have a motherland with my ties to my culture, my background, and then I have my home here in Lancaster. How did you wrestle with that sense of belonging, of almost being tied to two places? I would say less of a wrestle, more of a dance, you know, because dances are more fun. (laughs) (laughs) So both cultures have good and bad. And that's throughout life. You'll have something that's good, but also has bad. And what I learned to do is take the good in both cultures and forget the bad and focus on those good things. And that made me, I think, more understanding of like what America had that was so good. And I think the one thing that I love about America is that you can be from anywhere and you can still be able to work your way or get to where you want to get to, whatever your dreams are. And there's not caste, there's not those things that are pulling you back, like a lot of times the other cultures. And also like being confident. America thrives on that. And the Indian culture was not so much like that. I remember when I first moved to India, I was a mother of 14 orphans. I was volunteering to take care of them. And I had a few young girls that were in college that would help me out. And one time the one girl said, my mom and dad don't want me to be around you anymore. And I said, why? And she said, well, you're too confident and they're scared that I'm going to turn out just like you. And that really was like one of those moments where I'm like, what do you mean just like me? And, you know, she kind of went on. She's like, you're so confident and you're okay with being alone and you travel by yourself and you're not married. And, you know, I'm 19 years old and you're 24. My parents are scared I'm going to be like you. And that was one of those moments where I was like, man, like, I'm glad that I don't carry that part of the Indian culture with me, but I have the American culture. And so I learned to just take the best of both worlds. And that makes me a better person. And there's so many other things I love about the Indian culture. I think the love for family, you know, that's very deep in our culture. And I love that because I can trace my great grandfathers without doing ancestry.com or, you know, the DNA test, because we really write things down and we talk about them even when they're not here. And, you know, I, talk to my partner and 
I'm like, so what was your grandfather like? And, you know, he was like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what about your great great grandfather? You know, there's a lot of like, well, I never knew. And I'm like, really? Because I know my great grandfather's mother's sisters. And like, <laughs> that's something I love and I hold on to. And I want to take the best of both worlds. Unfortunately, that girl, she got married before she even finished her college degree. And those stories happened many times. And while I lived in India, I saw that. And that was one thing is like, I was so proud to be American and be as confident as I was to be able to do what I did. To pursue your dreams. Pursue my dreams, yeah. As you reflect on your childhood and the journey of entrepreneurship, what are some ways that stick out to you as things that your friends, your family, your colleagues did to really support you? I'm thinking of our young professionals who don't have that experience and they don't have that context, but they have friends who do or colleagues who do and they want to support them. What are some best practices or some strategies that people could do to support their friends? Feed your friends. Like, feed your friends, especially the entrepreneurs out there or the business professionals that are go, go, go. Like, message them, text them, say, hey, let's go get dinner or I'll stop by with some food and we'll just hang out. Because I think the one thing I learned was like, I stopped probably eating because I was so busy. And I just remember like my sister or a few close friends would be like, okay, we know you're working, but can you stop by real quick and get food with me? And those moments were really important because it got me back to being a regular person that didn't have to think about the stress of running a business. I think the biggest thing was like a meal was like so important to me and really was profound. Another thing I loved is how there were peers in our community that understood what I was doing but not completely. They understood a little bit, but they acknowledged the passion and drive. And for them, that was good enough for them to reach out and said, hey, do you need help? I think we notice the people around us, our peers around us that are really just going for it and just reaching out to them and saying, how can I help you? Like, what do you need help with? You know, or can I introduce you to someone that could help you? Or I know someone that could help you. Those moments like are really important, especially in my journey, I just remember people say, I know someone who's done this before. Can I like introduce you? And I loved meeting other people because then I felt like, okay, I'm on the right track. Another thing is, if you feel like you need to belong in that space and you're not feeling like that space is welcoming you, you just need to go for it and put yourself in that space. I remember one of the funniest things was like when I first started my business, I wasn't even Lush Bazaar. I was just a girl trying to change the world. And I reached out to Fine Living Lancaster Magazine because I just saw them everywhere. And I was in India at the time and I reached out to them like 15 times, I think, like just kept sending them emails and no response. I would just be like, okay, hey, I'm in America for like three months. Like, just so you know, like, this is what I do. Finally, someone reached out to me and they're like, listen, your name keeps coming up. (laughs) Like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, can we meet you? And so I was in America. I was about to go back to India and they met me and I just became friends with like the people because I just kept pushing. Like they didn't know my story. They didn't know who I was, but I know I had a story and I know I wanted people to hear it. So I just kept going. And now it's just funny because they're like, if you wouldn't have done that, we would have not known what you do. And so sometimes people just don't know what you're doing. Put it out there and don't be afraid to. I oversee the Excellence Exchange Program at the Lancaster Chamber and In January, we had a session and we had really great table conversation. It was actually around sustainability. And all of these businesses were sharing what they were doing in this realm, things that I was not aware of. And I just encouraged them and I'm encouraging our listeners now too. 
whether it's a business practice or it's your story, as much as we want to think of the chamber as an entity, it's made up of people and we don't know everything. So please share your story, be persistent, get our emails, say, I have a story to share or my company's doing something really cool because that's the way that we'll be able to get that information out to the broader Lancaster community. We want to highlight people's stories. The podcast is part of that a desire, especially for young professionals. But I think it's just so important storytelling. And we had a whole conversation around storytelling in the last season. But storytelling is so important. So important. I mean, think about it. Like back in the day, people would tell stories around campfires and they would tell stories about what was going on and like what's going on in the community. We should still be doing that. And I think the more we know, the more it's like, oh, man, like I want to be a part of something like that. So, yeah, I think that's so important. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story today, and I'm going to wrap up with two questions. These are the staple questions of the podcast. We ask everyone this. The first one is, how do you see young professionals as a catalyst for positive impact in Lancaster? Oh, I think that they are going to make big changes in Lancaster. I think young professionals are going to shake up the city in a good way, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what the next five years looks like for Lancaster because I think they're on the right path to making changes and to adding diversity and viewpoints that we need in our city. The second question is, as you look ahead, what do you envision for a thriving Lancaster County? I know that we've talked a little bit about you've seen changes in Lancaster since you were a little girl here to being an adult and running a business today. What do you want for the next steps for Lancaster? I really want to see a more unified Lancaster. I really want people to understand each other more so that we can do better to impact our communities and the younger generation. I think we have to set examples for the younger generation to know what it's like to be unified. We're not always going to see eye to eye. Like, that's just how it is. We all come from different backgrounds. I know that. But what if we can all be united to stand together to love one another and support one another and lift each other up. And I would love to see that. Difference doesn't necessarily mean that you cannot come together. Yeah. It's not a barrier to unification. It's truly not. And I think it's so important. I mean, we talk a lot in the business world and in the chamber, like workplace conflict, how to do it well. Well, how do you disagree well and still remain a large community? Or how do you have differences and still be part of a unified front? And I think those are questions that Lancaster is definitely wrestling with. I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful vision. I hope that we get to see it. I think we're on the right path. I think career professionals like yourself and the amazing Chamber team, who I adore every single one on the team, you are all really pushing for that. And I hope it's not just in the business world, but also in the education world. And I just hope that we can make that happen because I think that's what makes a place a better place. It's not supposed to be utopia, but we could get pretty close. <laughs> so here's hoping. I love that. Well, there's your charge, everyone. Get right on that, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to support you 100%. Yeah, we're working on paving the way for yeah. you. Continue to come in and make a difference. Yeah, I think that'll be awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and being part of our happy hour segments. I am going to link information about you and the Cultured Workshop and Kiati in the show description so anyone who's interested can learn more or order a really great outfit from the online website. Yeah. So I will 
all those links in the show notes. But thank you again. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Friends, thank you for joining us on this podcast journey. You can find out more about upcoming Young Professionals Network programs by following us on Instagram at YPN underscore blank chamber. Subscribe to What's on Tap Lancaster on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your preferred podcast listening platform to stay up to date on our episode releases. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We are grateful to Millersville University's Titus Irvin and Blake Harvey for scoring the show. What's on Tap Lancaster is hosted by the Lancaster Chamber's Young Professionals Network. Written by me, Ashley Glenzer, produced and edited by Chris Zarnock, owner of KM Zen Creative, and recorded by Triforce Pro Audio Solutions. Stay inspired, Lancaster. Mm-hmm.